I wonder who's going to win the uh, Wells Cup this year. I don't know who it's going to be. The Wells Cup. I love that name. <laughs> For once, you've made a good name. Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> it only takes two hours. <laughs> you come up, with some... I come up with something pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to be, but it, it, it was looking similar. You know, a really hot guy who... Coming, you know, who knows what he's going to be? We found and so our I job. I felt like I had to take a chance at it. The question was always just how much. You know, how much do I want to spend um, for someone who's uh, that good looking? So, you know, just having different people hit it at different times throughout the season has actually been really helpful. My saves were atrocious. I had like no saves. Raphael Devers is crushing it in spring training, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. Do we not hear the name game opening here that just pops in and no, after? No, your boy edits. Your, oh, <laughs> your boy goes in and he edits things. I was right? waiting for the for the listing of the names. Like during this part where we're talking about it, he's gonna have it. You want you want me to pull out my Motorola Razor real fast and play you this song? He's no, gonna play okay. it. I'm in, I'm in the mood now. Under under us talking about it, he's not even gonna edit us out. He's just gonna be like <laughs> like a current. Wait, you have a Motorola Razor still? No, what? No. Cutting the page. Things are looking up That time is out of my range One drink's what led to the change Out on my own Kicked out of the show I'll take what's mine and I'll go It's just What's going on, everyone? It's been a long time. We're back here with a, another edition of Three Guys, One Couch. Uh, it's a playoff edition. we got some, some new guests here. You want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Eric? I'm Eric, <laughs> owner of uh, Once You Go Black, Me Never Go Back, Manny. The worst <laughs> name in the league. Greatest team name ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Who else do we have and, uh, down here? Humongous Melonheads here, too. Mike. And anyone else? We got Coco. <laughs> we do have Coco. She's lying down. She's looking gorgeous. She's staring at, actually, here, you introduce yourself while I will show you my greatest investment ever. We got Frank, owner of Brooklyn Brawlers. And the guy I was talking before was Lewis, owner of MLB MVP. But you already knew that. All right. So. AKA the league champion. You before can just count we get that. started, <laughs> I'm going to show you guys Eric what I spent $15 on on Amazon. You see this? Describe it so our viewers at home can. Uh, can We're hear seeing it what looks like just a red pillow, a very shiny red pillow. It's a sequin pillow. Yep. Now, very, very casually, we're just gonna brush our hands over it a bit. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the pillow is bleeding. <laughs> Lewis is now naked. The pillow is between his butt cheeks, <laughs> and it is a. Picture of Nick Cage. It's a Nick Cage pillow. A Nick Cage sequin pillow. So when you move your hand over the sequins, it reveals the other side of the sequins, which has a picture of Nick Cage on it. Thought that might get you guys in the mood. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just throwing it Do out you there. Have to rub it again to make it 
go back to red? Yeah, you can. You just rub it the other way. It's, it's pretty great. I like to think it just reverts after some time. <laughs> you just leave it alone. And it's when like, Nick is right, feeling shy. My job is done. It's done. That was my Nick Cage impression there. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. What a popular guy. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to tell you guys. Folks, relax. Relax, folks. With the power of editing, they'll never know. <laughs> no, we gotta keep that. <laughs> this is gold! Let me just tell you. Hold on. Alright, we're doing lots of work. <laughs> Alright, so, um, where do you guys want to start? Because we got some juicy matchups going on this this week. Um, two of you guys are playing. We gotta kind of talk about how we, how we all got, you know, here and how we ended up in this playoff spot with these six teams. Okay. So, yeah, I guess going off that, we should probably talk about the most exciting team in the league, the once-you-go-blackman-never-go-back man. <laughs> so I'm happy to talk about myself, and then you can, of course, give me your insights on my team. <laughs> um, but, you know, just wanted to say, you know, having not been on the podcast this season, being the champion, king, whatever you want to call me, it's you know, very <laughs> insulting not having been not champion king. <laughs> here. <laughs> Up to this point to talk about what a fantastic last season and then this season I've had. Um, so happy to just, you know, <laughs> give all that insight as to how great things have been uh, for, for this year. If you, you only had come on sooner. So there was a podcast, I want to say it was in the, in the middle of the season, maybe like week seven or eight or so. We did not make it that far. That is generous. <laughs> Well, maybe it was like week six. We had a good amount. We had maybe seven or eight. Some, we took some breaks, like maybe not seven or eight total, but we probably did something in week seven or eight. Where there were playoff projections. Everybody came up with their own playoff projections for who they thought was going to be in. Right, yeah. And, you know, it must have been just really forgot that I don't miss playoffs. It's just not something that my team <laughs> does. And everybody's going through and they're throwing out insults for, you know, my low points and what everybody felt to realize was me you know being so low on points but having all those wins was really really bad for everybody because I was only bound to do so much better after that point and as you see I went on this amazing run I where I was unstoppable I don't think anyone I, could have predicted this um, I had my, for Justin to listen to this just <laughs> <laughs> boiling I had, my, uh, I had my normal you know pickups and my normal players who um, came out of the woodwork. Uh, you know, big props to a lot of my uh, my guys this season. Lance Lynn. Yeah. Let's, let's go through some of these, like, just historically very upper echelon, consistent <laughs> players. Let's just – I just want to go through a couple. You mentioned Lance See, Lynn. The thing about the whole season for me was that everybody got hot at a different time. There would be one time where Springer was really hot. There would be one time where Guriel was really hot or one time where Blackman was really hot. And so being able to – and right now – um, what's his name, who's been a disaster, uh, Jose Ramirez, is now hot. So, you know, just having different people hit it at different times throughout the season has actually been really helpful. But go ahead and insult everybody. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's nice <laughs> that you survived that long and without Jose Ramirez. Like, yeah. I mean, he was, like, pretty awful for, like, more than half of the year, right? Like, uh, yeah, he was basically uh, dead weight. I couldn't trade him. I couldn't do anything with him. He was, uh, yeah, he was garbage. But so I'm, I'm not He was, gonna... what, your, your first pick? Uh, yeah, he's my first pick, yeah. Well, he fell. He fell a lot. Yeah. He, he should have fallen to uh, round 20. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... it. 
I'm not going to tell you that your team is uh, is bad because it's clearly not. You clearly um, have pretty good odds, I would say, to uh, to repeat this year because um, your team looks pretty strong. But um, I definitely don't think that this was predictable. Like I would never have guessed that Yulieski Gurriel was going to have almost 400 points right now, you know, or or that Lance Lynn would actually look legit. Um, <laughs> Which is insane. Like, how old is Lance Lynn? Does anyone? Does Eric make playoffs if Lance Lynn isn't legit this year? <laughs> no. Oh, 16, sure. He's averaging 16 points per start. <laughs> the the crazy thing is his FIP is, like, almost a full run lower than his ERA. Like, he's been getting unlucky. He's got a 2.8 FIP and a 3.6 ERA. I, I don't get it. I don't know. He's crazy. And it's one of those things where the year's just going to end and we're going to be like, <laughs> the going to end. And nobody's going to take him next year, right? Like, I'm not falling into the Porcello trap again. Yeah. It's just not. Which, which has been a mixed bag for sure. Yeah, Porcello is, I don't know. Even even your uh, your faith in him hasn't been enough this year. Yeah. He has a 5-6 ERA and the Red Sox are skipping his starts at this point, so. <laughs> oh, is that what they're doing? That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> You just gave him the key to the championship. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Um, well, that's the other part is that, is that I have to keep playing because yes. of this Oakland pitcher, Lou Trevino, who I've now put out Hitman for, <laughs> to ensure that four months after the game ended, that he will not be on the field to score three points coming up <laughs> in the beginning of September because I could get pushed all the way back into having to play now and lose the bye. Yeah. That, that, happens, that, would, that would be one of the weirdest things, I think, to ever happen in our league. Yeah, definitely. As weird as me tying and also not tying? <laughs> I said one of the weirdest. One of the weirdest things, okay. <laughs> well, Justin's not here, Eric, so go for it. Let's hear your side. <laughs> Tell us how you feel. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, when, how can you... It's revisionist history. You know, it, it just seems... It just seems ridiculous that, that we should impact something so major at this point for something that happened so, so long ago. It just seems like a silly way of handling it, and I, I, I hope that they give us additional options to handle it in the future different ways. Um, because having to deal with all of the potential suspended games is, uh, yeah, it's not fun when you're figuring out scenarios and stuff. So, Would you yeah. compare it to, you? to maybe uh-huh. going back in history and, and rewriting, I don't know, the American Revolution, and, and all of a sudden, you know, we're living in colonial England, you know? It's... I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody was very necessary. <laughs> I think it is, that, it, is that, it is that important that we do need to consider uh, it being that crucial to do. So, it's a good point. Yeah, I'm just kind of – I have to play like I'm actually uh, playing this week because who knows for the next two weeks. So, yeah. It is something we should talk about more. I mean, I, I remember it was it was brought up in the Slack, but it, it feels like, like – correct me if I'm wrong. Like it's, it's been so like prevalent this year, I think, more than like – any other we year. We definitely like, had a lot of like delete or you know postponed games. I don't remember. Maybe maybe it's just recency bias. Maybe it happens every year, but I I don't think that this situation has ever happened at least where um, yeah. so long after a game it still, you know, could get revised to affect it. I know I I think it was in baseball. We had I think back when Emmanuel Manalidis was in the league, <laughs> we had um there's a name. Something <laughs> something changed. Like one of the uh, the stats, maybe it was football. I don't know, but there was you know a, a stat correction. I think like two or three weeks after he ended up losing a game or tying a game, he would have won. But outside of that, I can't remember it ever happening. Definitely not. That's why know, he left four months after. 
Well, last year there was a suspended game that Juan Soto debuted before he debuted in. Oh, yes. It's definitely been happening, but uh, for, for the game to be made up during our fantasy playoffs. And we also start the fantasy playoffs earlier than other leagues because of our two-week-per-round yes. system, which I like, but it, it kind of makes it more likely to happen. Yeah. And, and the league, you know, the league was super competitive this year, obviously, as we as we'll visit the rest of the teams. But um, yeah, really great season for everybody. But yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm looking forward to see, you know, what happens here. I think that you know, for me, it was trying to you know make some smart pickups and figure out what to do this season. And then I had an awful time with relief pitching. That was just really where I had to kind of scramble because everybody who I had, Jose Leclerc, that uh, that loser. Um, <laughs> just sort of fell on their yeah I know Frankie <laughs> just sort of fell on their face and and I just kept waiting and waiting and eventually couldn't wait anymore I had to start making moves but uh, still my relief pitching's uh, not great so relief pitching was definitely a big struggle for me this year yeah I'm sure when, when we see all the other teams that a lot of people are still kind of like in flux with that I know I've kind of had like a weird weird go at it like I feel like every year I do it's but, a strange position. Um, and now, you know, Shane Green got dropped yesterday, so, you yeah. know, interesting move there. So, obviously, he lost his, uh, supposedly lost his job as Atlanta continues to not know what the hell they're doing. But. Yep, pretty much. It's been a, a very strange turn of events for him. He kind of went yep. from being, a, you know, a nice part of my team. What, didn't he but just go he from being a beast to, to just, yeah, like, so immediately like, not I mean, being good? Not to get off the topic of Eric, but... Um, Green had been like pitching way above his peripherals all year. He like he, he was getting really lucky, um, which is easy to do though when you're only pitching three outs a game theoretically. So like, you know, it, it could have been that if he stayed in Detroit, that he ended up continuing to get lucky. Maybe he's more comfortable there. Maybe his defense is better. I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but he went to the Braves. Um, probably a combination of jitters and like the luck just not being there. He kind of got smashed around for like I think two or three appearances. And then they gave the gig to Melanson, who I just picked up. And then Melanson just got shelled in an appearance. So it's just like a weird situation. I think yeah, they have they, Luke they Jackson, Jackson out the other Yeah, night. yeah. So who knows, honestly. But the way that – so, like, I got to give it up to, to Hoggs because he stuck to his guns with that argument through, through a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of <laughs> us telling him he was wrong. That's, that's – Everybody doubted me. All the guys that weren't on, everyone was like, yeah, I like Mike's team, except for his relievers. I really think he used to step it up with his relievers. Yeah. Well, then, you did call, you know, you called it close. Definitely cut it really close. Yeah, but I, I still don't think that was because of my relievers. Yeah, probably not, probably not. But it, it yeah, looks I, like the I kept, most inconsistent I kept waiting. Position. I was okay where I was because I kept waiting until I wanted the actual MLB trade deadline to pass. Because I thought some of these actual guys were going to be on the move and open it up to have other opportunities for others. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to come behind and actually snag one of these guys who's going to open up in a spot. Whether it be, I don't know, somewhere uh, for the Giants, you know, maybe I grab one of those guys. Um, who else were going to move? There were a bunch of guys uh, who were going to move. Toronto was going to move, Ken Giles, right? And so I kept waiting for one of these guys to actually go, and it never actually happened. Yeah. And so I was like, uh-oh, then I was scrambling and trying to figure out how do I put it together to get at least a decent relief core. Because if you look at my saves, my saves were atrocious. I had, like, no saves. And so I had to do something. Um, and so I was just trying to put that together and figure it out. There's also <clears throat> specifically of Shane Green getting moved. One, the Tigers suck. He had one save in the month before he was traded. Yeah, he's been <laughs> kind of a non-factor. <laughs> and also, the guy who took his job after he left 
Joe Jimenez is also not good. So, yeah, so. he's so bad. And everyone's always saying that he's like he's gonna be amazing when he gets the job, and he's he always <laughs> he's blows the it. Who was promised things? <laughs> so the job that was opened up ended up being a terrible closer on a terrible team, which is like Michael Gibbons. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, your fave. I can. <laughs> So before we get off your team, I did want to say that he's your namesake, and he's been having maybe his best season ever, just super under the radar. But Charlie Blackman's averaging almost four points a game. I haven't heard anyone talk about Charlie Blackman all year, so it's pretty yes. surprising to see him. You know, Chuck yeah. Nasty. Chuck Nasty. When he's on, you know, he's he's on and doing his stuff. You know, one of the things that actually sort of the way that it worked out that I've actually enjoyed quite a bit is that a lot of these big guys are batting leadoff. He bats leadoff, Springer bats leadoff, and so they get a lot of at-bats, which helps out as long as they're contributing. And so that's been, I think, a big part of it, too, is that I just had a lot of at-bats with some of these guys because they've chosen, for whatever reason, switching around to bat a lot of them leadoff. So, yeah, we've seen that kind of like emerge as a, a thing to consider when you're picking a team, like lineup order. I've never really thought about it before, but definitely it seems like the big teams this year that made playoffs have a lot of guys in the one through three slots, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Blackman really has had like a quiet, like MVP caliber season. Yeah, it's insane. Much. Also, Charlie Morton has been the like Charlies. the sneak, the sneakiest ace. Yeah, the two Charlies. That's what you should name your team. It's not. It's never too late to change. Double Charlies. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, double delicious, something along those lines. Is only that what you're saying? You, That's what you do. You would... Two Charlies, one lineup, or something. <laughs> two Charlies, one lineup. <laughs> no. But- Unfortunately, Machado hasn't been better, which uh, messes up my namesake a little bit. But the black and picture that I found, I do, uh, I do enjoy quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, my like the most redneck picture. (laughs) (laughs) My my sneaky good pickup actually has been uh, Mitch Garver. You know, from a catcher spot, really didn't draft a lot of my catchers. Ended up being uh, being garbage, and so kind of had to go digging. And Garver was in a weird situation with the Twins, where you know it was a bunch of different guys that could have got. Yeah, and, and he really doesn't even have the job. You know, he's still very much in a timeshare. But when he when he bats, he, he's uh, he's pretty good. So that's been a, that's been a good pickup for me too. Just from a disastrous position of catcher. Robles was a nice surprise for you too. I think. Like, I mean, who would have thought Hansel Robles would be like a really solid closer on the <laughs> on the? Yeah. Like I mean, he's been genuinely solid. Like he's been solid. I haven't had him for a lot of his really good times. Um, so it's been tough recently. But um, yeah, he's been. Uh, He's been decent, so. Go point at this guy. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's let's I'll change over. Later. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for talking about my team. Good luck to everybody. See Um, I feel like what we should do is uh probably recap my team because I've got the other buy, and then we can digest um digest you guys a bit. My team is is pretty oh, easy I don't to buy. I'm I'm holding on to the buy. Oh. This is a, this is a temporary thing, situation at the moment. Ooh, Outside of Lou Trevino coming in and being Justin's hero, uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> there's, what will there's, like, there's like three innings left, and that's only if it doesn't stay tied. So this could go anywhere. That's true. He does have decent odds, I guess, to pitch. It'll see what they do. If they want to use a starter. Or... Yeah, can they can they put anyone in that like position pitching wise? I don't know. That's a good question. I'd imagine they can't use anyone that they used in that game, just yeah. based on like the way, right. that, you know. But 
They didn't use him. I guess they could use another starter, though, which might be what they do because it's going to be somebody starting a game. So who knows? Um, but if we turn to my team, um, it's been actually a recent cold stretch for my team a bit. I'm coming off two straight losses to uh, both of you guys, Mike and Frankie. So, so well done to both good of you. Sign. Very good competition. Um, so Definitely <laughs> proud to be in the hardest division. I think we can say that we were the hardest division. I, I think we can agree. Oh, everyone five hundred or above. Yeah, yeah. The up on the Even the the Murano Verrazanos. <laughs> so hey, give, give him a lot of credit. He did uh, fantastic this season. He did. What? I mean, like he got lucky, but he finished with you know a nine and nine record. Yeah. And his rankings are the most truest things ever. <laughs> right? Better than those other ones that would come out. Disaster. <laughs> So I think how many record Mike Mike in your revised rankings, how many how many wins was he supposed to lose? Three. Like four or three. He and Ben theoretically should have flip flopped, right? Yeah. I was supposed to have four more wins than he ended up with. I feel for Ben. He was putting up points. He had a good team, yeah. Yeah, Ben, I know you're not listening, but you had a good season. (laughs) Great season. Yeah. That's probably in Italy or something. (laughs) Just like living the fucking life. Like I don't care about these losers. <laughs> He's actually listening right now. <laughs> He's crying. He's a single tear. Wellness check on Ben. Ben's been okay. Is that we have to uh, make sure? <laughs> he always appears at these drafts, so yeah, I think he's been good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like my team, I would still say is the favorite, even though I'm on a cold streak right now. But I definitely have holes. Definitely have question marks. Um. I don't really know who to play at utility. I've got this weird situation where Geo Urshela is better than Matt Chapman. Um, so do I play Matt Chapman at utility or do I play Gene Segura at utility? Because I think I also have to start Marcus Semyon, which that trade right. with Mike has been the weirdest trade. Like the guys <laughs> that we traded for, I feel like he wanted an outfielder and I wanted a third baseman. And Chu and Chapman have been the worst players in that deal. <laughs> and we flip-flopped Segura and Polanco, who have both been just on fire. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. My lineup is, like, the story of my lineup has been it's good enough, like, to, to get me by when my pitching is going off. Um, I don't know if my pitching is going to keep it up, hopefully. I have a really good top of the rotation. We've got Cole. I'm guessing my second-best pitcher would be Shane Bieber. He's been insane. He's been an ace. Like he's, he's, he's pitching, like, Cy Young. Yeah. Definitely better than Bauer. Um, I'd probably put Granky above Bauer, too. And then I guess it's Bauer, Giolito, and Caleb Smith. And I feel really good about those six. And then after that, it's um, Musgrove, Anibal Sanchez, and Mike Fulte-Neowich. Um, and that's – yeah, that's been like a confu- – I mean, he ended up doing okay this last game. But I had Trevor Richards, and he's in the minors, and who knows yeah. what they're going to do with him, so – yeah, I think you probably like. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see as we go on. You probably have the most solid rotation out of anyone. I thought Jeffs was amazing this year, but just he did. didn't. Yeah, he definitely had a really good team. Do you remember how you picked up Lucas Giolito? I bid six dollars on him. Or when? I don't remember when. I know it was early in the year. You, I had you did it before he he like had shown any like he was hurt. Yeah, no yeah, problem. he was he was injured and he was coming back and I liked. The reason I picked up Giolito is because I remember Eric had him last year for a stretch, and he was going off, and I was like, why the fuck is Lucas Giolito good? 
it's probably because Eric had him. And then I looked at him, and he just had, like, a miraculous stretch. It ended up being that he walked a lot of guys, and he ended up sucking. But, um, I mean, I took a flyer, and it worked out, so. So it was the night of the last podcast that I did. Oh, really? So you blessed me? It was after the podcast, and we were talking about picking up unproven guys versus dropping guys who were, like, low ceiling. And you had Tanner Roark on your team. And I was like, drop Tanner Roark. He's a... He's absolutely garbage. He's giving you nothing. He was giving you like six points per start at that point. And you're like, all right, I'll drop him. And then I'm like, oh, I picked up Rupert Julian. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Thanks, so man. you caused this. And then 15 and a half points per start later. I'll remember you. That's all I can say. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I actually gave him the blessing because I had him for four days. If you remember back in, This uh, is payback, Eric, for last back in, year. Back in early, early April, I had him for four days. And I was at a conference, I remember, for work, and I was debating whether or not to drop him, and I decided it's stupid Lucas Giolito, he can go. And that was right before he really went off, so that was uh, very unfortunate on my end. He did suck in the beginning of the year, for what it's worth. Like, I wouldn't feel terrible about it. Yeah. The only thing he had going for him is that he was a former first-round pick, but after a while, that starts to not mean anything, you know, so. Well, yeah, what, it had been like two years? Three years since he's been called up. Yeah, it's been it's been a long enough time yeah. where you could think he's just not cut for the MLBs. Um, what I did want to say is that I've got stock in Johnny Cueto, and yeah, I, I was thinking the other night because I saw he was pitching pretty well in his rehab, and then I saw you had him already. Yeah, I've had him for a while because I had forget who it was, but somebody was coming off the DL, and I wanted to you know make a an ad drop so I could pick up an injured guy and just do the, the switch like that. And I, I was between Manaya and Cueto, and I just went with Cueto. And um, I, who knows if he comes back or if he's even good, but that could be something to keep you know an eye on going forward. Do you have Manaya, Mike? No. I think Daniel uh, um, had picked up Manaya. Who? I think Daniel. I'm not Daniel? positive, but I, I thought it was Daniel. Yeah, somebody has. I had Lamette, uh, and then I dropped him to keep – uh, Evaldi, which was a great decision, <laughs> and now Lamette's pretty solid. Lamette pitched yesterday. I don't. Know, I didn't see how he did, but he, he did okay. He got like eleven points or something. Okay. Like it was nothing crazy. But so far, he's had like like I was I was not I was close to thinking about dropping him if that makes sense. Or I was like if like he gives me like one or two more like kind of like like eight points because that's what he was doing. He wasn't pitching deep at all. They weren't. They had a very short leash on him and his control wasn't great and then he had the start last week where he just like went off and went like whatever it was like eight innings and had like double digit strikeouts so um i mean he showed his ceiling there with with that but who knows how many more of that i get but i, would say I think i just definitely, stick with him the rest of the year he's definitely rosterable right now i think yeah. he's one of your more promising guys at pitcher and let's he's my he's my johnny cueto or sean manaya that kind of like late year potential hero yeah. so let's transition to your team let's look at your team and, and see well, I just want to say Lewis I think that being so far ahead has allowed you to really you know take some chances on some guys open it up to see who you want to store on your IL and gives you that flexibility to do it yeah. you're taking advantage of well you know you got Molina now who's coming back and so you know see what you're going to do with him I hope, uh, I hope he's good yeah because Posey's been kind of a headache he's been alright lately but we'll see but yeah for most of the year he but yeah I appreciate of- it Thanks, but sir. yeah, I mean that's that's what being out in front. I actually went diving for 
Lugo, after what's going on with the Mets, and found out you had had him for a month, which I didn't even realize. So yeah, I picked him up because I think that's such an underutilized technique in our league is having that fourth relief pitcher. If you're not going to use it on a relief pitcher who starts, I don't understand why you like everyone doesn't own an RPSB. Like Hagro just picked up um, Derek Law, who I think is his second RPSB. You have the closer on the Athletics too. Those guys are gold. Those guys are like worth a top 50 hitter in my opinion because they'll pitch consistently and it'll give you a leg up even if it's 20 points a week or it's 16 points a week they pitch you know two times right yeah i mean and if it wasn't the mets lugo would be the closer already yeah for sure <laughs> i mean he'll come in randomly and get you 12 points know. it's nice but also freddie freeman and garrett cole yeah. like they're t- like just gods yeah like, those guys are not going to be able to get them this year freeman has been incredible yeah he's been yeah. real nice if you look at the hitters that fell in that third round it was justin got yelich you got yeah. acuna and i got freeman those were yeah. the hitters that nobody wanted in the third round insane yeah yeah how, how we draft <laughs> yep so you pitch pitcher one two three nope third round and then granky was my fourth oh i knew i was not getting freeman after after he fell that far I let him go. But all right, yeah, let's... That's, that's a nice top four pick right there. Yeah. yeah and then Bieber in the sixth? I think so. Yeah, I went Murphy Bieber. Yeah. Murphy Bieber. It was a strange Class. draft. It wasn't, it wasn't a perfect draft by any means. I took Travis <laughs> Shaw. Murphy went way too early. Bauer went too early. But, um... Well, you could never have known on Bauer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went and for an exciting pick. He's had flashes of greatness like all year. Like he's for every like clunker, he's had like his last start with, with the twenty nine point eleven strikeout. Yeah, definitely. Now nah, Bauer was like, I mean, he's been he's been pretty good. Like you can't you can't knock that. He was almost my first pick though. That would be. Well, your first pick is beasting right now. He's killing it. Yeah. He's. I think he's. The best third baseman and the second best third baseman is also on your team, if I... Transition. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, tell us about you. Um, yeah, so it, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun to uh, try to figure out my pitching situation all year after purposely sabotaging myself with all these great pitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learn but, for next year, unless you take Severino again, in which case I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Yeah, that pick, uh, that pick kind of screwed me. Um, but and things like Ross Stripling, you say Kikuchi, like all like in I think single digit rounds, uh, those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm proud of myself for somehow recognizing like like valuable hitters throughout the draft. I mean, to get Devers in. Uh, I, I don't know. I just remember what I, 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 round 19, I got Devers. And I just remember sitting on the couch um, or, or whatever. I was, I was sitting in the chair and, and, and Mike was sitting on the couch. And Mike, if you remember, I, I just like, I was like, I got a good next pick next. And then you were like, oh, what? And I was like, I looked, I was like, is Mike picking anytime <laughs> yeah. soon? And I'm just like, oh, and it was like some article and it was like, Rafael Devers is crushing it in spring training. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I felt, I felt good about that. And, and Alonzo getting him in the, the 26th round. I mean, he's for, the Eric judge of two years ago. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, my hitters have just really kept me kind of afloat all year. I mean, I've had, I've had like a weird thing where I've gotten lucky here and there with a few starts where it's like if this guy hadn't just gone in randomly this week, I probably would have lost the matchup. Like, uh, I think it'd be interesting to see like all of us, like how close a lot of our matchups were. I feel like every week I feel like I was winning by like the skin of my teeth where I think I've won like several matchups by single digit points. Like I tie, I, 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 I didn't tie. I lost to Nick uh, Murano one week by one point because yeah. Josh Donaldson went off uh, like the, the, in the Sunday night game. So it's just, it's been, it's been a stressful year, but it's been like a fun year just to try to like have that reliability at safety in my hitters where I feel like I, yeah, I had like depth even on the bench and then just like try to like make do by making a lot of pickups here and there. And then I just like, I couldn't really catch a break in some parts with the, with the pitching with like Lopez and Weaver being two guys that I drafted who ended up being like surprise, like, you know, nice surprises for me when my, when the guys I picked earlier were kind of failing me and then, they got hurt. We got Snell, who's had a really strange year, um, like some really atrocious starts and then some really good ones, and then he's probably not a viable option for the rest of the year, I'm going to guess, for me. I mean, to go through any kind of surgery. But, um, but I don't know. Like, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like this was a year, like, more, like I guess this is like my, my fourth year that I'm conscious, fantasy conscious in terms of paying attention. So... I think this was, like, honestly the most fun in terms of just, like, managing and trying to, like, make do. I mean, I, I threw away all my money while Eric still has $73 <laughs> in the bank. But, um, After he just but I'm splurged. Here. I'm here. I, I made it. Yeah, man. Sure that's a ton of work. I think yeah. years like this are the years that you actually learn the most about how to play fantasy because, yeah. one, you're paying attention nonstop because you have so many holes to fill. And so going into the next season, you have a really good grasp on guys that you wanted on your team or that you would have liked to own because you've just been keeping up so much. At least that's how it was for me. And then, you know, going into the next draft, you know who to take. Um, Right. And also, like, you kind of know – I mean, I'm assuming you've put it together a bit because you're in the playoffs, but you kind of figure out what stats to look for and how to figure out if a guy is, you know, just having a good three-day stretch or if – you know, he's had maybe a, a solid two weeks. Maybe it's something legit. So you, you figure out, even though they're obvious tools, like something as easy as sorting by last 14, you know, is it could be the difference between finding gold or, you know, just sitting there looking at the top all season point totals and not knowing who to take. So, yeah, it's definitely like an important game when you're when you're looking for for like a pitcher on the waiver wire or something to kind of try to roll the dice and see you know well one like is it because there's always that battle of like am i picking somebody up too early because then you could you you could you might have to like make that move before you know whether the person's you know semi-legit or not because someone else could be thinking the same way and then i mean that's why i like our waiver system a lot i really like how we set it up with the two days a week i like the fab you know just compared to other leagues I've been in, like, I think that's something I would never really want to change because it just adds a lot of, like, another level, I think, to the whole managing game and just in terms of just reading the other managers, you know, like, in terms of trying to figure out people's styles. Like, I like I knew, like, like I think, like, Mike, when you when you picked up Lamette, like, the first time, I think I was like, damn it. Like, I, I was, like, at that point where I was, I, I was looking at him and I was like, 
I'm I'm got to figure out how to stash him somehow. But um, yeah, yeah, because like I, I feel like I know that that'll be like your style where you'll you want to like keep somebody like who has like a lot of potential, which is why I thought maybe you had Mania. Um, <laughs> He's gonna come up in five months. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, it's it's a that's that's the stash. Like it comes up and it can help you at this moment when Mike's in the playoffs when I'm in the playoffs. So. Um, like you never really know if you can afford to make the move and you're not getting rid of anybody valuable or you're just dealing with another injury. You know, it's worth having those few days pass by where you can just move that guy to the IL and then pick up whoever else. I mean, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of there was a lot of talk on the Slack this year about um, how we've basically made pitching uh, an elephant graveyard, but. Um, but it, but there were people out there, you know, and, and, and I kind of, you know, we will, of course, talk about this more down the line. But, like, I kind of like, you know, I mean, it's not fun to own a shitty pitcher, of course. But, like, you know, it's kind of fun when 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 somebody that you you feel like you have that you see that little bit of that little glimmer of hope in and you see them start to, like, you know, you know, realize their their I won't say full potential, but like, you know, some of that in there, like, like Anthony Desclafani, for example, for me, I saw he was putting together like a few decent starts and I'm like, I'm not expecting this guy to go in, but I feel like he can give me some double digit starts here and there. And that's basically what he's done. And I'm pretty sure he's won me a week or two. So, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when we switched to fan tracks, I had to relearn the waiver wire. Yeah. Same. For sure. The kind of things that I would use before, they were not in the same spot. It looked different, and so I had to relearn. Hey, what does Fantrax have that I can use to help me make some decisions? And it still does some weird stuff. Like when I sort by relief pitchers, somehow a lot of starting pitchers get thrown in. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. No, that I just go pitchers. I can't do starting <laughs> pitchers or relief pitchers. I don't know what is so wrong. It still does some some weird stuff. But I had to relearn the kind of stuff that I would look at to determine: Yep, is it time to pull the trigger, or is it time to wait and see what happens? But the, whenever you wait. Someone's right there. Yeah. If it's someone who's good, someone's going to be there. They've got an empty spot. They're willing to move on. They're willing to take a chance on it. So you kind of have that one shot. You're looking at them. They're looking at them. You got to make a call as to what do you want to do. So, but it's good. It's competitive. Yeah. And I, I think that there's a, an important line to, to draw between realizing that there's going to be one or two teams every year who just get fucked. Like maybe they had a horrible draft. Maybe everyone got hurt. There's going to be teams that, like, I don't know, it, it's just not going to be their year. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that experience for that one year is the norm or even the experience everybody's having. But at the same time, in a year like I'm having this year, right, I would think that the league is fucking perfect because my year has been fantastic. My experience playing this year has been great. So we just have to be – I think everybody on Slack who is active does a good job of voicing their own experience, but I wish we could just have everybody, you know, just say what they think, no judgment, and then we'll just see what, what the majority thinks, how the majority is, you know, experiencing it. But I also wanted to say that, like, for as shallow um, of a, of a not shallow, for as deep of a league as we play in, there was still a good amount of pickups on Sunday who looked like they could be impact players. Like, even, I mean, Eric, you picked up Joe Ross and um, Aquino, those guys look like they could be great pickups. I, I had my eye on both of them. So. Yeah, I, I almost bid the rest of my budget on Aquino, and it would have matched you. I don't know if I would have gotten him still. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I was I, like, I, this I, is the guy. This is the Reese Hoskins. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's who we could be. 
yeah, I mean, last year I picked up um, Soto. You know, that was a really great pickup for me. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to be, but it, it, it was looking similar. You know, a really hot guy who coming, <laughs> you know, who knows what he's going to be. We found and our so job. I felt like I had to take a chance at it. The question was always just how much, you know, how much do I want to spend um, for someone who's uh, that good looking? So, <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like I saw, like Justin uh, got Matt. Justin redid half his rotation. Yeah, like, Matt should be on. Yeah. Um, and Justin got someone, yeah. Dylan Peters. Like you never know. Like I feel like, our, yeah. Right, he was the guy on the Braves. He picked up he? literally three or four starters. Like his rotation was half his rotation was made on Sunday. Yeah, I was looking at all of his starters today to, to like try to make an order, and I'm just like, who are all your people? <laughs> Where did you come from? No, uh, I think I think he basically got rid of, you know, looking at it, he got rid of the potential people. You know, oh, I'm yeah. waiting for them to break out this year, and it's not happening. You know, it's playoffs, it's it's winner go home, and so it's time to get rid of them and pick up whoever's doing it for you now because it's in the next two weeks, and you're not there anymore. Unless you're him, in which case he's probably going to lose – and then I'm going to get thrown out of the playoffs because he'll have the buy, and so he's going to lose. But still manage to win, and so that'll be what happens going forward. Don't worry. So, all right. Well, what, if what do we think about Justin's style of dropping all the people before going to the waiver? Is that is that a technique there? Is that I think he's doing it just <laughs> to make it easier player. with uh with bidding, but I also think that like oh I've, yeah, that's that that's exactly what I've had that thought before where it's like. I, I forget who – what. oh, I had to drop either um, Felix Pena or Anibal Sanchez. And I waited until waivers cleared because I didn't want one of the savvy teams who's there at, you know, 1050 checking the waiver wire <laughs> to go and pick them up because, you know, that's probably the, – the person that's doing that is probably a winning team. So Yeah. But anyway, let's go to our final uh, host today and let's – Check out how the Melonheads have gotten uh, into their their playoff spot. You you got in by the skin of your teeth, but you look like a very strong team, Mike. So tell us how you're here. Yeah, against all odds, I sort of I sort of took the uh, trajectory of the Mets. <laughs> yeah, very much. Started okay. You know, everybody thinks they got a strong team, and then just loss after loss after loss after loss. I end up four and nine. I'm just not. You know, spirits are in the dumps. <laughs> and uh, five straight wins swept through the division. Wow. Um, hard division, out, man. And you did it. Lewis in the, in the process. Uh, and, yeah, I made it. It was in one of the earlier weeks, like week 10 or something like that, I lost by a half a point. So I got you beat there, Frank. <laughs> oh, my God. It was about that point that I was just, like, really – Starting to get mad about this year, um, but I, I stuck with it, and, and really the guys that I expected to be good, like Chris Sale and Jack Flaherty, they started to pick it up again. Mike Clevenger came back from injury the second time, um, and uh, all my hitters started going off really in, in the last uh, four weeks. So I don't know if I would say definitely my offense is the most um, volatile of this. I don't know if they'll be able to, to keep it up during the playoff run, but I, I obviously uh, I hope they will. One of the things that I think 
I got very lucky with this year was injuries, except for Mike Clevenger and uh, Tyler Glass now. I pretty much avoided them. Clevenger came back in time for me to make the playoffs. Glassnow's probably done for the year. I kind of knew that the, the night it happened. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. But other than that, I've been really fortunate with injuries. Um, and and I have never had that happen before, so I think that maybe has been one, one difference. Um, Which is funny you say that because for a team that's gotten lucky with injuries, those are huge players. Clevenger and, and Glassnow were... Well, Clev is probably a top ten pitcher. Glasnow is what a top twenty. Those are yeah. Those are difference makers, man. Yeah, he he was pitching like a top ten, honestly. Or like like you know he was getting there. Like he he was really going off. Oh, definitely. Then, if he, I mean, if he kept pitching like that, then he was like a top three pitcher. <laughs> essentially, got injured at the point at which you start making this like the distinction: is he for real or is he not? Right. And he just, Before you can even get the sentence out out your mouth, he's. He's uh, getting Tommy John or whatever happened. Yeah, I mean, he's avoided surgery, although I don't know if that's the smartest. Um, but he's been, he's had setbacks and he's had very little information coming out in general. And yeah, they're doing the same shit with Luke Weaver. Like, I haven't heard an update about him in, in, in weeks. Like, I just like, just just put the, put the, Put the needle in the elbow, or whatever you gotta do. Come on, that's how surgery works. You put the needle in the elbow. And then, and yeah, you just wait twenty minutes <laughs> until it's until it's hot. And then your turkey's done. That's how it works. And that's somehow you have a new skill. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like you you make a, like a great point that sh- I I feel like I probably didn't like even uh, like get get to really when I was talking about my team, but just like. Um, I think I started off like zero and three or something like that, and yeah. like and, and was not it was not looking good. I was getting kind of disheartened too, and it's just like that whole theme of just like don't give up. Like the season is really long, and for you to like because you were like rolling with the punches of like people you know getting injured or people. Um, well, I know you didn't have too many injured, but like someone like Clever or Glass now and then to have people underperforming who you really, you know, spent a lot of, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, just high, like high draft picks on yeah. and to have them to make it this far by, you know, by dealing with that and just managing well. And then to have those guys come around when you, when you're in this, this state in time where it's like, now you made it. And like, this is a great, fucking moment for Chris Sale and Mike Clevenger to be healthy and for Jack Flaherty to pitch well and it's just like now you have you know all your guys coming through for you when you need them like Flaherty's been incredible lately like so like and he after kind of underperforming for a good portion of the year so and I was looking at your rotation before and I think you have as good a rotation as anybody in terms of like kind of like being pretty secure I mean all the way down to like McKay like you don't like he could still, like he he started off really well, and then um, he's kind of been like you know getting like shaking off some rust, I guess, from like being sent down or something. But um, Klezak, like you, so yeah, I mean, I think you're 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 pretty prepared. I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of that aspect, but um, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just exciting to kind of see where everybody's at, and that we really. You know, with I, I still agree with Lewis being the favorite, but we really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, 
Like you, we could just we have these teams that out of all the, like in all the playoff teams who can just go off like any any given week. So and that's what happened in the in the two in the weeks that me and you beat beat Lewis. So it's just it can happen. It's a lot of times about being the hottest team, and right now I would say Eric and um, Mike are are the two hottest teams. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, looking at it, you know, there were three teams that finished at nine and nine, so three teams at five hundred. Only one made it in, right? And so I think it speaks to you know that points four is really important. You know, you you really want to score the most, even if you're winning. You know, you still got to have it because it sets it up, and you never know when you're going to need it. So that. Just being such an important part of it is that you got to keep scoring. You know, you're beating. You know, you're trying to decide: Do I want to pay attention this week? I'm winning by 100. Who cares? Well, it matters because you want to win by 150. Yeah. And so, keeping on it and making sure that you are scoring the most points that you can is super important because it was the difference between you being, you know, in the playoffs and not. You know, Mike was only, you know, 60 points behind you or yeah. so. So it was very close. It's right there, and uh, so that just speaks to you got to keep, got to keep churning, keep the legs moving. And that's where you really think about decisions like sitting a guy. Like there was one matchup where I remember I was going to be, I think I was going to hit 12 starts for the week exactly. And I sat Musgrove because he was just doing super shitty and he ended up getting negatives. Um, And I mean, it didn't matter for me, but maybe had, you know, Galembo sat a guy here or there, you know, it could have been a different story. You never know. I think managing your team I think the story of, of me and Frank uh, specifically, and, and uh, actually Jeremy too, um, kind of comes down to managing your team really well um, and playing week to week and you know, always keeping an eye, always knowing, uh, oh, I also have to be good during the playoffs, but having an aspect of I need to win this week because I'm going to be so many games behind with so many left and yeah. yeah, it's a big balance. I know Justin's always preaching the um, the strategy of once you're in playoffs, it doesn't matter You know, if a, a player you drafted did nothing all year. If they performed for you during the playoffs, right. that's what matters. And that's true to an extent, but you have to – like there's so many layers to building a team, and a lot of that is consistency versus you know upside. And so, yeah, while a guy like, you know, I don't know, Austin Meadows got hurt for a while. Now he's back. He's averaging a bunch of points. You know, you picked up Jordan Alvarez. Those those yeah. are guys that you didn't have in the beginning. You have them now. They're good for playoffs. But at the same time, you needed consistent guys like Bellinger to get you there. Yeah. And there is a ton of uh, hitters and pitchers that I picked up for a week for a start for a few days and, and dropped them just to get me over the edge. Maybe I dropped a guy that I thought could be good later, um, but I needed to win a certain week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the difference on average between you and Mike, just doing the math real quick, was three points per matchup. That's crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So little. You know, so, so that's all we're talking about here between, you know, sitting at home and twiddling your thumbs or being in the playoffs, so. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Fucking Truly bitches, no kicking back some brews. <laughs> I won this in the VIP suite back here. <laughs> um, all right. No, so I mean, that, that just shows you how competitive this year was. Like, it was yeah, it was crazy. Probably, I feel like every year we say it, but every year it seems <laughs> to get more and more competitive. So, which is great. It means everybody's paying attention and doing as best as they can. 
I'm also glad that things like Big Dick Energy and Manager Magic or whatever Nick was was saying it was giving him wins didn't actually succeed this year because <laughs> John Lester is not a big dick pitcher and therefore good. Uh, and Nick's managerial love for his players is not. Does not <laughs> I think love that they cannot feel. <laughs> <laughs> Nick was just trying to you know gloat while he had the the two weeks to do so. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I would have lost my mind if I missed the playoffs because somehow the Arizona <laughs> could have happened. Man, it was close. Yeah, and that's the random part of fantasy. You never know. But well, if, yeah, if Nick had beaten Frank, yeah, that would have been it. That would have been it because Frank had the points on me. Yeah, Nick. So. Nick was, I think, nine and seven. Yeah, nine and so seven. I have he lost his last year. <laughs> nah, you <laughs> needed the wins, dude. <laughs> but um, I think another cool thing that we could do is um, take a look at the matchups going on right now. Um. And it's a live look. I, I wanted to go through and do a name game. Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Serena, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kylie, Chloe, Devin, Emily, fucking Becky! I gotta be honest, I come in, it's like a little like I'm trying to get my parents, there's cartoons, your mom, it's like you still got it. Yeah. Just living the dream, I love that. You could even use a sneeze to drive home a point. Like, I think I, I think the cups are gonna win all this year. I I always do this on my own when I'm trying to figure out, you know, who I'm playing and see who has a better chance. And obviously anything can happen, but I think if we go position to position and just size every every matchup up, all two of them, I think uh, <laughs> think could be fun. Yeah, man. So uh, let's do it. How do you guys want to do this? You want me to to go team by team, and then you three give me uh, who you'd rather have. I want to see a kiss from Rosario versus Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick. That's a pretty solid pick. How do Wait, we? Do- do we not hear the name game opening here that just pops in and no, after? No, your boy edits. Your, oh. <laughs> your boy goes in and he edits things. I was right? waiting for the for the listing of the names. It's like during this part where we're talking about it, he's going to have it. You want you want me to pull out my Motorola Razor real fast and play you this song? He's no, going to play okay. it. I'm in, I'm in the mood now. Under, under us talking about it. He's not even going to edit us out. He's just going to be like, <laughs> like a current. <laughs> Wait, you have a Motorola Razor still? No, what? No. I wow, was, was really excited. I was making fun of how outdated Eric was thinking our technology setup was, you know? <laughs> I was just really hoping you still kept it. Like, I know you don't use it, but I was really hoping you had it. I think my dad still has his, his Zune or his Juke. There was like a little, it was like a juke really was the phone. thin, a Juke, yeah, yeah, it was the Juke then. It was so was tiny cool. and it flipped out, yeah. Remember the chocolate? I had the chocolate. chocolate. Was, it, was it pronounced cho- like? Was it pronounced like the word chocolate, or was it like chocolate? 
That was definitely just chocolate. <laughs> LG was putting out their chocolate. Why did they make a phone call chocolate? Remember when you had the Sony Ericsson? Why did I want it? Why did I want to kill you? Because you had it. <laughs> I didn't. Really? You, had the, you had the Sony Ericsson, which was the only person I knew that had that. <laughs> that was my first phone. Can't judge Matt. For you used to record different like skits on that. Yeah, we got it. We got quite the reel on there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what matchup do you guys want to do first? Uh, we can start with... Uh, you know what, er- Eric, Eric, you decide. Which one Which one do you want to tackle first? These yeah, two we'll, are start, we'll start with Frankie. Go ahead. All right. Vito. I don't get that bad. Let me just pull up the teams. It's, well, it's looking, it's looking like a good decision not to start. Have started Merrill Kelly in cores. Yeah, that was a real. Next level managing there. Yeah. Manager magic. All right, so I'm going to go back to yesterday's lineup because it's probably the more typical lineup that the teams put out. And then we'll just go one by one. We'll start with catcher. So, would you guys rather have Wilson Ramos or, well, this is what, he's got Robbie Chirinos in, but I feel like Roberto Perez was his catcher. Any thoughts? Oh, wait, you can, oh, wait, how do you do that? Wait, I was, wait. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Frank, like that on Skype again. It's a miracle <laughs> that, that Frankie's made it this far. <laughs> I'm on the computer. Uh, I would honestly, I would have the platoon of Robinson Chirinos and uh, and Robbie Chris. Okay. I think, given how many uh, offensive bench spots we have, if I could scrape together two solid catchers, I would. Um, because you you could just have whatever you want on your bench for, for hitters, and to have those two guys. Um, you know, but you can play on matchups. You can play on who gets days of rest or whatever. I think that's okay. So one one for Jeremy there for you. I'm gonna go the other way. I would rather have Ramos. I think he's just the best of the three catchers. And um, even though he could platoon the other two, I, I think they strike out a lot more than Ramos. So gonna go with him. Eric, you got any thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's a bad year for catchers all around for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I'd probably take Ramos. Okay. And Frankie? This is going to come as a surprise, but I think <laughs> I would take Ramos All right. in, this, uh, in this situation. So we're going to give you that position. Next, we're going to go Pete Alonzo versus Joey Votto. How has Votto been lately? He's been has all right. He picked it up? He's averaging over the last 30, I think he's averaging like 2-7 something. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you probably, I probably would have predicted this uh, day one, but I love me some Pete Alonzo now, and so give me Alonzo. Yeah, same. I agree. And I, I don't think that one's particularly close. No. All right. Frankie, I'm, I'm assuming Alonzo? Yeah, I mean, he's 
he's really just had like one cold streak the whole year, like for a little bit after the break. Like he's just been so rock solid the whole year. Yeah. Here's the caveat: if you like the other, if you like Jeremy's player better, you have to put in a trade right now. <laughs> That's how the game works. I thought we have a deadline, guy. Yeah, it's in like three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's something else I think we should move back is the deadline should be before the playoffs start. We got to move it. That sounds final. that sounds like it's pretty unanimously agreed upon. I think that will yeah. be an easy pass. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I want back. So who who do we have here between Jose Altuve and Whit Merrifield? Which is actually a pretty hard decision. That's a good. Yeah, that's the closest one. So far, at least. I I think I would go with Altuve. I mean. It's Merrifield has been like a crazy surprise this year, but um, I don't know how much like, of a surprise. I had him last year. He's been he was, he's been good for a while. But. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a reason I, I picked him, but I didn't think he was going to be like this. I kind of just was like, I need like I feel like he's going to be a very solid second baseman choice, and so I feel like I was well, I was comfortable taking him at you know at that round because I feel like second baseman is like one of the weirdest positions like Definitely. where it's just like you, you still have to like you know give up a bit of, of capital for for that that person um you, if you're if you're springing for a pretty good one but you always feel kind of weird about it like I feel like when I took Brian Dozier like a few years ago and he was just pretty bad all year um I don't know if that was last year or the year but like yeah so yeah, I mean, you feel like you're just, reaching like, because of pos- position scarcity but yeah, and I think also just with Merrifield, he's kind of like I think he. We, it's fair to say that he exceeded like his expectations, though. Yeah, like for being just a really, I picked him because I thought he was just going to be like a versatile player who was going to give me points no matter what he was doing. Like he was going to steal some bases, just like get some hits. But he's been like kind of a monster for he like a been. lot of the year. Yeah, he's been amazing. So, so I mean, Altuve has the low points because he he got he was hurt for a good portion, right? Yeah. Was, so I, I mean. mean we can also say it's a wash. Like, I think I would go with a wash with this position. I think it's even, yeah. I mean, I, I'm comfortable saying that to, to be like Whit Merrifield versus Altuve is a wash is, is pretty crazy to say. It I think this year it is. I think Whit Merrifield stepped up. I think Altuve got hurt. He's hot recently. He's had a good last month. But yeah. before but that, Merrifield like in the beginning of the year, yeah, and Altuve didn't start the year great. He's just been on fire recently. But so yeah. has, the Astros as a whole have been on fire. So I don't know. Jordan Alvarez. The, all of them, dude. All right, let's go to third. I think this one's pretty easy. It's Devers versus Bryant, which you never would have thought it would be easy going into the year, but I'll take Devers on that one. Yeah, I agree. Pretty simple. Yeah. All right. Bregman versus Paul DeJong. It's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Or Eric Sogard. (laughs) <laughs> the platoon. He has more points per game. <laughs> what about David Fletcher? <laughs> yeah, that's probably his weakest position. His shortstop, or maybe first. I don't know. In any event, yeah, I I, I love the the like that was part of like the reason I I drafted Bregman first. I mean, it, I just was really high on him this year, but just that dual eligibility is kind of cool. I never really had to like put him at at third because shortstop is where he's where he has that value. But, um, but yeah. I mean, had Devers not been great and and Didi come back, you, right. pro- you probably would have had him at third. So yep. it is nice. Yep. Um, all right. So so now it gets kind of hard. Who 
<laughs> we'll put Acuna versus Betts, I think, is the safe, you know, outfield one comparison. And that one's hard as shit. I don't, I don't know. I think Betts I has, lean... Betts has kind of had an off year. Like, he's still he's still a monster. Uh, but he's still what like top ten players like probably. I mean like in his off year eh. he's got he's got like twenty six points less than Acuna. Yeah, I would. I'll, I'll still take Acuna though. Yeah. Um, for me, for next year, Acuna is like me with or Frank with Bregman this year. Like I'd be willing to spend a first round pick on him if I wasn't going to oh, go yeah. pitcher. He's probably going to get ranked third next year. I think it's going to be Trout, Yelich, um, Acuna when like you know yeah. ESPN comes out with their ranks. I'd buy that. Yeah. Eric, you got Acuna or Betts? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll take Acuna, but I still really like Betts a lot. Yeah, it's close. It's a toss-up, though. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, it's very close. It's like almost a wash, in my opinion, but I think just Acuna has just had these monster games like this all year and recently. I mean, he it's hard to argue with anyone being hotter right now. Yeah, like, that's that's of- what does it for me is Acuna's got it going on right now. So. Oh, yeah. All right, so for outfield two, Jeremy safely has um, Starling Marte at outfield two. Um, who is your second outfielder, Frankie? Anthony Santander. <laughs> it's like a bunch of them. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it's interesting because like after Acuna, I've kind of just been like recently. I mean, who knows? The, I'm probably defining recently poorly, but like I've kind of played around a bit, and like I've gotten lucky with some with playing guys when they've had good games but uh, I mean maybe Kingery I mean Hanniger's been hurt for a long time it would be Hanniger if he was healthy but uh, I mean like Kingery Calhoun um, Mitch well not Hanniger I I had Calhoun for a little bit then he got sent down I dropped him I picked him up again when he got called up and like he was like on a tear and since I picked him up he's kind of cooled off a bit um but it, I mean, it sucks that Jesse Jesse Winker they sit him against lefties, but he's honestly been been very solid for me. And well, who do you, who do you uh, want to put up against Starling Marte? Because Starling Marte Starling is going to be whoever I'll, it is. I'll put Kingery there, I guess. Okay, I would take Marte there. I also don't yeah. think that one's particularly close. Yeah. Um, Eric, you agree? Yep, agreed. Yep. All right, and then we got Oscar Mercado versus. Whoever else you have, um, or everybody at once. Everybody. It's either Santander or Calhoun, I guess, or Brian Reynolds, who's also been crazy. Um, yeah, I just haven't really like. I mean, I, I'm. We might be all thinking about like I haven't really had him for like any of his like good. Yeah. Games. I mean, it like looks like him. Brian Reynolds is better than Oscar Mercado. Like right now, if you look at their seasons. Yeah. But I would say that it's probably going to be a wash because. Your guys have, you know, pretty good points per game averages and Mercado's sitting at like two point eight ish. So mm-hmm. I would admit to not knowing much about Oscar Mercado, but I would take a lot of Frankie's folks over him. Okay. Hogbro? I'm probably with you though. I'd I'd say it's pretty much Mercado versus the field in a in a tie. Okay. And then at utility, I would give it to Frankie, also not particularly close. It's Pujols versus I would say Didi Gregorius. You might say Jose Abreu. Um, either or. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You could also Jeremy is Mark Hanna or someone better than. I can't believe Albert Pujols is owned. I didn't even realize that he was even half decent. Yeah, I guess it would be Canna. Yeah. Probably better. 
But yeah, and e- either way, I would give it to Frankie. And this is where we see Joey Gallo on the IR. That's a huge IR stash for, for Jeremy. That was one of the bigger injuries for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he really finally put it together this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super legit. So all in all, it seems like you've got the offense pretty much locked up in this matchup. I think we would agree. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that in the outfield is where it gets like kind of kind of murky, where there's potential for a lot of really like confident like boom guys. But maybe that's because maybe it has something to do with outfield being so. Deep that's what I'm saying. That, I think that's exactly what it says. Outfield just has all these random guys who could be better than somebody that you spent like a tenth round pick on. Yeah. Um. All right. So then going into pitching. I have a hunch that it's not going to be as favorable for you, Frankie. I'm sorry. Just, just that, an inkling there. You think so? <laughs> so, unfortunately, we're not going to go to any of your injured guys. So, Snell's not going to get put here. Which means I think... No, you, no. This is not what I signed up for. I'm <laughs> you, Darvish, has to come out here. I think number one, right? Mike, who did you have... Um, Help me with Frankie's uh, picture yeah, rankings. I had Darvish, Lament, and Keiko, one, two, three... Okay. All right, my I had for myself, I had Darvish, Tehran, and Keuchel, one, two, three. Okay. I have Darvish, Tehran, Lamette as one, two, three. Okay. So we all disagree, but Darvish is definitely number one. <laughs> but with Jeremy, you have, I have it, Soroka, Barrios, Minor, Odorizzi. Interesting. Uh, but I think I would probably take all of those guys over Darvish. Yeah. I have Berrios ranked first for um, Jeremy just because I think really? he'd be the safest. Yeah, I mean he's I like you don't like Berrios. I don't, I don't. But Berrios. I think I I think all those guys are are doing pretty decently. I don't think is like having Berrios as your is ace it, is the worst. It's just he took Berrios in the second round. Is it crazy that I had Mike Miners number one? No, I I think that's fair. I have Miners number two on it. He's just been so rock solid like all year. I had Miner, then I had Soroka, then I had Michaelis. Then I had Burrios. Are you serious? That might be a little saucy. That's a fucking trash ranking. That's a, a god awful ranking. ranking. No last. Well, not last, but fourth on that list. Under Miles Nicholas. Nicholas third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have what? you have you clicked Miles Nicholas's name and looked at his points? <laughs> what are you talking about? I think I think he's solid. I just I, I'm a little scared of Burrios. Based on what? Berrios has 140 more points than Miles Mikolas. All right, I'm talking about now though. We'll see. We can do a we can, can do, we a, do a side bet. Yeah. I, I think we're all taking the the uh, Berrios <laughs> side on that one. I guess about to be very rich or very poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would take. I think Darvish loses to um, Berrios, Miner, and um, Soroka, but I would take Darvish over Odorizzi personally. Okay. Um, I, I, I low-key like Anthony DiCifani. I have him as your fourth. I actually have him over Tehran. I don't know. I just, I just don't like Tehran. He, yeah, he's been on a bad stretch lately, DiCifani, but uh, but yeah, I think I think he's pretty solid. What did I have for myself? Uh, yeah, I, have, I had DiCifani fifth. I had okay. Lamette right after Keichel just because I'm still not sold on Lamette, like going deep into sure. these games. I, like, I, think that, I think that might have been the outlier. You guys are much higher on Keiko than I am. You got Ronaldo Lopez in a trade? Uh, no, I picked him up. Oh, you I picked, picked him up. Oh, he got dropped. Okay. 
Yeah, Jeff dropped him and Merrill Kelly, and I picked them up, and they, they both... Merrill Kelly's kind of had a rough go at it lately, but um, I managed to, like, get them at, like, opportune times. I have Relo as your fourth best pitcher. You I think he's got, he's, got a high, he's got a super yeah. high ceiling. Right now, I think you could argue Relo is, like, his... You know, third best pitcher, but I mean, he's been he's been very solid since the the All Star break. I have sure. your guys: Darvish, Tehran, Lamette, Raylo, Tony Disco, Keuchel, Smeltzer, Merrill Kelly, and Smiley. I have Smeltzer last because I just don't think we've seen enough from him. But um, I have Smiley right before him, then Kelly before him. But I, I think I'm pretty confident in my first two, at least with Darvish and and, and Tehran. I think Tehran. Like has just been like, like, like very very solid all year, and it's like to the point where it's like you like for a while I wasn't even sure or like sold on it, but um, but he kind of like after a really bad stretch of like three or four games, he just like turned it around again and has been like about like as solid as I could ask for from somebody. Yeah, which is just what I need at this point. Like that's kind of like factoring into my rankings. Like who do I feel not scared? looking at it and yeah i'm a little scared of keichel but it's really just after my first two i'm kind of scared of everybody on my, on my roster. so you have lament third over keichel um i have i'm fourth i have him fourth after keichel okay um i think yeah I, put, I would put keichel third because he's got the potential for sure lament i have no idea you know who knows guys in pitching like two years yeah didn't, didn't you draft him right, like oh yeah he's, he's been i i had him for a while, I think he sat in my IR spot for forever. <laughs> the whole season. Yeah, I mean, Heiko had an atrocious start last time against the Marlins, but I'm just going to, like, toss that up as being just some weird thing that happened. But he's he's been, like, kind of what, you know, what I spent, like, $15 on him or something. Like, I mean, for just, a, like, a reliable starter, sure. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, it ends up being worth it. Like fifteen fab versus a, a guy that people are ranking as your, you know, a top four pitcher on your team. That's a hundred percent worth it every time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we can go through. You guys want to go through each one, or uh, there seems like a, a decent amount of disagreement as to uh, the pitcher ranks for Frankie at least. Um, yeah. It's hard to do a one versus one because we disagree so much. Yeah, I think. I, I think. Yeah, I think in general, Frankie doesn't win pitching. Yeah. No. Yeah. I would say it's probably uh, a Frankie hitting and then just as much as in the other direction, Jeremy pitching. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I think you guys are pretty evenly matched teams. Um, I think it could just come down to who's hotter. Um, so. Right. I mean, that's the thing. If I can just get a few good starts out of some of these, uh, some of this ragtag bunch of, uh, <laughs> fellas, but, uh, and then just like, I, like I feel just based on how my year has kind of been, I feel more like I'm saying this as the guy with what we, 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 what we kind of have agreed is the stronger hitting, but I feel more confident in this as I jinx myself here. But like, it, uh, you know, I feel very confident in hitting being kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a less risky game. And if you have guys just who are hot, you get them every day. You get somebody like Acuna or Bregman who is just putting up every day, you no know, solid numbers. And then, as opposed to the, you know, the infrequency or, like, less reliable nature of, of, of pitching, definitely. even if it is a good rotation. Yeah, definitely. It's, you're going to have the higher floor. Jeremy's going to have the higher ceiling based on what we yeah. know about. Yeah, there we go. Yep. That works. 
All right. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this matchup before we move on to the next one? Very exciting. Looking forward to it. Should be a good finish. Good luck, Jeremy. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go now. Let's turn to a uh, another very interesting matchup. We got the Crush and we got the Melonheads. Um. So while I'm pulling this up, how do you feel, Mike? I uh, am finding it hard to not overreact to what's happening right now in the Red Sox Indians game. But uh, with, with Erod. <laughs> yeah, well, it was neither please act nor Erod. <laughs> with Erod, was it with Dark Boy? Today was actually supposed to be uh, Brendan McKay pitching against the Padres. So it was supposed to be McKay, Lucchese, and Plesak, Erod. So it has four pitchers going all against each other. But McKay got pushed back to tomorrow. Um, I'm actually, I, the way that my pitching lined up is pretty perfect for winning this matchup against you Lewis I only ended up with 10 starts with 10 pitchers um, everybody went on Wednesday or Thursday which gives you Monday and Tuesday starts the week after so I have two week, two start weeks now and so it means I get three start matchups from basically everybody so if my pitching comes through I should have no reason to, to lose this matchup I think yeah, that's Ooh. that's Remember often a huge We weren't thing. smart enough to have the pitcher spots, and we forced relief pitchers. And so, when you had that happen, you had to pick basically your top four best. Otherwise, yeah. and everybody else just kind of had to sit around. Yeah. But luckily, we got smart. Yeah. We fixed that. that I like to say change. that my complaining to Justin <laughs> of, uh, approximately five times throughout the season is what what caused that. To uh, <laughs> thank you, Frank. Good thing. All right, so um, I'm going to start off at catcher again. Um, Justin has Will Smith, and you have Carson Kelly. Hmm. Both of these guys seem to be doing solidly, and I did not really know who either of them were coming into the year. So. It's Will Smith, the reliever, right? <laughs> Justin definitely gets the award Just, for the most Will Smiths. All Will Smiths. <laughs> so. Yeah, Will, Will Smith, the hot-hitting rookie. Carson Kelly was a prospect for a long time. He, I think he came over in the um, in the Luke Weaver trade. Um, I had Josh Fegley for most of the year and he just got injured slash started being terrible so I swooped up Carson Kelly real quick and uh, the fact that he had two homers off of Kenley Jansen in our matchup was very nice yeah, those big big swing um, I think I, in my opinion it's, it's pretty even I think that one's a wash um, I, I might lean toward Will Smith but my my reason is not good. I just feel like Justin's going to somehow suck <laughs> this out of Will Smith. <laughs> this weird energy where he just does well. Um, but I think that's a wash, that one. I really don't know much about either of them, so I'm just going to go off points per game, and I'm going to just give it to Will Smith. But um, it could very well be Carson Kelly. Yeah, Will Smith has had some, some big games. Eric? It's catcher. Who cares? Catchers are useless. <laughs> Doesn't matter. All right, let's go to... Uh, <laughs> An easier one. Which... Cut to the matchup being won by a, a Will Smith home run. <laughs> so, at first base, we got Cody Bellinger and Reese Hoskins, which is really unfortunate for Reese Hoskins. He's not having a bad year. He, I feel like he's been, he's been pretty, you know, nobody's talked about Reese Hoskins all year. 
but he's... I mean, in the beginning of the year, that would have been an interesting discussion, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah, but, but that's pretty clearly Bellinger. Who... Yeah. I, I think Pel- Bellinger might have been the steal of the draft, if not for what LeMahieu's doing. Yeah, yeah. That's... Bellinger still might be the steal of the draft, like, even with it. He might be, yep, he might be, but, you know, I don't know what round LeMahieu was in. I would assume it was in the 20s. I don't know what he was, but um, to have a almost MVP-like season, but Bellinger has obviously been fantastic, so. Let me ask you guys, because there's a couple of interesting stories between these two teams. I was looking them over. Who do you guys have this, well, I guess in this matchup and also in this year, Yelich or Bellinger? Oh, yeah. Like, who, who do you guys have? If you had, you know, pick one I, of them for this match. I think I got Bellinger because I'm kind of scared about what's going on with, with Yelich uh, with his back. I mean, I know he's coming back, but no pun intended. But uh, I don't know. There's always the chance that he, he goes back. Yeah, with the back spasms. Yeah, he just freaks out when the crush needs him the most. How about you guys? Yeah, I, I would also take Bellinger. Uh, the answer might have been different like the middle of the season because Bellinger obviously started hotter than like any hitter's ever been. Uh, and then he cooled down, but now he's, he's back to being, you know, he's, his season line looks a lot better than, you know, his current line, but he's still, uh, he's still been so consistent. He has avoided injury all year. So I'll still go with Bellinger. Yeah. It looks like he's been a bit boomer bust lately, but um, who, do you, who do you have Eric? Yeah. I'd probably go with Bellinger as well. Yeah, I, I think it's the back spasms thing that really scares it. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. who wins MVP between the two of them because when they're both healthy, it's been a crazy race this year. I vote Charlie Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, so um, at second base, we've got Mustakis versus Keston Hira, who's been a great pickup. I mean, Daniel had him, and I think he just dropped him for no reason. Well, I mean, he had like kind of a weird start. I feel it was like a false start. I think, yeah. If I remember correctly. But I think he he was back up. Like, I think the reports when he got sent down was that he was going to be right back. I think. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, side tangent is me dropping Mike Soroka. Well, that's he has no. He literally had a a news sign on his. Yeah. You just didn't read it. It was there that day. Like. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't pick up. <laughs> Which is crazy because you're playing the guy that picked him up. Mm. That's <laughs> a knows. huge moment. He's well aware. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, who do you guys have between that? Hira and Moustakis. I would, I would go Moustakis myself. I think I agree. I think you got to go Moustakis on that one. It's been close, though. They're averaging .01 within each other. Moose is at 309. Here is at been doing that for so long. Yeah, yeah. Do it all season. That's right, man. Whoa, and just take it easy, man. Who is, what character is this? <laughs> it's the Moose. <laughs> it's the Moose. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably go with Moustakis as well, but given what I started with at second base, you know, I drafted Robinson Cano, and everybody was really... I, I liked it. Taking that pick. Yeah, I liked it, man. <laughs> I was wrong on that one. <laughs> Apologies. And then I traded Fran Mil Reyes for Brandon Lau, who uh, was I was quickly told by I think Nick Miller that I traded the most over, most underperforming guy for the most overperforming guy 
From that point on, Brandon Lau proceeded to outscore Fernando Reyes. Fernando <laughs> Reyes was dropped, and then Brandon Lau went on the DL for fouling a ball off his shin, and he has not been back for over a month. I think. Yeah, that's a sucky freak. He passed. Yeah, he, he passed he was away. Fire. He was like a rookie of the year candidate, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was pretty fantastic. Um, I was lucky that Kesson Hero was dropped. He was one of the guys that I wanted uh, when he came up, but I couldn't time his, his pickup right, and I didn't want to overpay for him, but once he was dropped, uh, once he was dropped after being added the first time, I, I swooped in. Yeah, I, I think he could be a big key because if you had a gap at a, a hitter, you had to start every day. You know that that yeah. usually hurts going forward. But yeah. all right, so slight slight moose, I think there. Um, at third, we got Justin Turner versus is Hunter Dozier or Eugenio Suarez the guy you want to put at third? Um. Probably because of so many outfielders, I'll put Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier's been, like, my second or third best hitter. Okay. So, yeah, I would go with Dozier. I would, I would also go with Suarez, I think, out of those two. But, um, yeah, I'll give you the win on that one. How about you guys? Um, I, I would as well, but Justin Turner is so annoying. Like, he's annoyingly pesky good that he's such a frustrating person to play against but i would i would still go with either one of them but turner is uh turner's good he's annoyingly good he's definitely good yeah he doesn't yeah, strike that's, out that's a hard one uh, i think i'm gonna lean toward toward suarez i think <laughs> well oh, <laughs> that's and justin turner. oh wait oh no we didn't do suarez oh you just got the the beautiful mustached suarez on your mind and the fact that you would take Suarez means that you would take Dozier because Dozier's just been better. Under Dozier has been such a good pickup for me. Yeah, and that's another thing that I was going to ask you guys. So that was the second storyline I was talking about with which rookie will be the best in this matchup because you've got three very viable candidates, Mike, with uh, Kiera, Dozier, and Alvarez. And he's got Bo Bichette, the little bitch. Oh, uh, he outbid me for Bo Bichette. Well, I think I'm bid zero. I have no money. <laughs> But he got Bobochet when I, I wanted Bobochet. So, I mean, he's been tearing it up. Yeah, but has been nuts. But, I mean, so is Alvarez. Is a rookie? I think so. He's not technically a rookie. He's never played too much, but I think he lost rookie eligibility. Really? Yeah. That's unfortunate. I don't know. I thought this was his first year. Yeah, Bobochet's one of the – first of all, we don't make a – League name around Boba Shet, Boba Fett. We're we're doing something wrong. One of the <laughs> this year. You um, can make your team. You just want to call it Boba Chet, Boba Fett. That, that's what you want <laughs> no, to no, be. No, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. You never, you never like watch Boba Fett. Boba Shet sort of thing. If we don't you do that, watch I out. But um, once you go Boba Shet, you never go Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Manny. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, Bichette was one of the people that I feel like I really missed out on. I, I don't think I was in on him as far as a potential pickup. Um, and just seeing what he's uh, done has been uh, disappointing on my end. So Yeah, they're all really good. My favorite of them has been Alvarez, who I saw, like, he, Mike picked him up on either, either a Wednesday or a Sunday. And I went, like, the day after to go look look up the guy. And I was like, shit, I just missed him. Yeah, you got him at the perfect time. Yeah, he's uh, he, he has to be rookie of the year, I think. Like, right? Like, he's just he been be. insane. He's been so like, good. I think I paid $0 for him because I picked him up before he was called like, up. 
I don't. I honestly, in this, I just, I just don't give a fuck about anything else other than the fact that he's had some of the most insane games of the year. I think yeah. out of like anybody, like let alone just. A, a I want to know where he's ranked and where he goes next year because it's looking like he's going to be a DH only. Mm. Yes, he's going to have some cruise of the future. He's going to have to really play a lot of the outfield. Yeah, he's not going to get 13 games at outfield, so I think he's going to be a DH only, which is going to be interesting to see because that's going to hurt him. You know, Chris Davis was kind of a a big gamble this year, and he, he didn't work out. So Yeah, definitely. All right, so shortstop, we got Trevor Story, and Justin's rocking with Bo Bichette. <laughs> We're going to give it to Story. As good as Bichette has been, uh, Trevor Story. Story's been crazy. I was so wrong on Trevor Story. Such a good year. Yeah. You guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now outfield one. um, It's really hard to pick your first outfielder, Mike. Jordan Alvarez. Is is it? I don't know. (laughs) No, it's Michael Conforto. It's Conforto, right? It's Conforto. Yeah, that's that's so weird. Um, so Conforto versus... He's always Mike's number one outfielder, no matter, regardless of... <laughs> <laughs> and it's even harder to rank Justin's because they're all hurt right now. Wow, Justin got shafted by injuries right now. This is... He always does. This is he sad. guys who are made out of glass every year. <laughs> I mean, Yel- we still got to put Yelich up there, right? Yeah, put Yelich, yeah. Yeah, so I think Yelich wins against whoever we put him against. But the back spasms are scary. Like, I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, what's Soto working with? He twisted his uh, ankle or something the other day. Like, it just happened, I think. So yesterday. these all seem like kind of minor injuries to the point where we should still rank them, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I might, if I had to roll the dice, I'd say they're both going to be okay, right. like when Justin needs them. All right, so Conforto versus Yelich, we all got Yelich? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I still don't know who to rank as your outfield too, Mike. Benatendi Soto versus or? Alvarez. I, guess. I think it's Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez, yeah. I mean, maybe Benatendi, but like Benatendi quietly turned around and was having a great year. But, he, um, he turned it around. He started yeah. off terribly. Yeah, because last year he was like insane, right? Like he yeah. was one of the best. Um, well, yeah, he turned it around. I mean, all right. So well, let's do the more interesting one, which is Soto versus Alvarez, because I think Soto beats Benatendi, but I don't know if he beats Alvarez or not. I'd take Alvarez. I would not trade Alvarez for Soto. You guys? I mean, Alvarez has been doing it for long enough now. He's been consistently good that I can I can see making that argument. Um, where, yeah, all right, I'll take Alvarez. Yeah, I think, yeah I think I'll take Alvarez, too. I mean, for me, the, the final thing comes down to the team, I think, too. Just, like, to be a part of that, that lineup is just... It, it, it boosts anybody. It's yeah. like they got magic dust going on the pitchers, on the hitters, like everywhere. So, yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. I think Alvarez is the pick there, although I feel kind of bad because it, it kind of makes it sound like Soto hasn't been tearing it up lately, which he has. He's been crazy. The he past started day. off pretty quietly, right? Yeah. I, I think so. But over the past seven days, he's got 38 points. Yeah, I mean, he... The seven yeah, before that, he had, he had good, 35. Yeah, he's, he's been on fire. Past 14, he's got 67 points. That's not. Well, he owned the Mets this past weekend. He was just about the only Nationals hitter that was rocking it. Yeah. I actually, I mean, this was in my, what was he thinking article, but I was deciding between Juan Soto and Andrew Benintendi for my fourth round pick. I went with Benintendi. 
I would have definitely taken Soto over Benintendi, I think. But I don't know that my season would obviously I still make the playoffs, but I don't think I would be even the fifth seed if I had switched that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was a huge mistake. Like Benintendi's been good enough, so yeah. Um. All right. So then we'll put Benintendi against who is it? Tommy Pham, who is also yeah, I think hurt. So. These three, wow, all of his outfielders are hurt. It's insane. Um, I'm going to take Benintendi over Finn, though. Yeah. Yeah. Finn's had a good season, but I'll take Benintendi still. Yeah. Yeah. And then for utility, um, who is it for Justin? Is it Elvis Andrews? No, it's Nelson Cruz, really. Well, he's, he's like, more significantly hurt, right? Like, oh, he, he broke his wrist or whatever. That's going to be. I don't think we rank Cruz. Cruz looks okay. like he's not going to be any anything in this matchup. Yeah, at least yeah, not for these two need weeks. Some time to rehab. Yeah. Um, so it's Andrews versus Austin Meadows, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And I or, think, or do you or you know Austin, Austin Meadows? I it's, guess. Well, that's that's more interesting. Who do you like better, Suarez or Austin Meadows? <laughs> um. But I, I would take either of, of the guys on your team there, which is crazy because I feel like you won that um, that comparison against Justin's hitting. And Justin's hitting was, like, over the first half of the year, Justin's hitting was clearly the best in the league. Yeah. He just he just really got smacked around by the injuries. Yeah. Yeah. This is obviously not the best way to look at it, but just on total points, my hitting has completely carried my team. I have, like, the fourth best offense and, like, the – their worst pitching or something like that. Obviously, from week to week, you know, a 40-point Chris Sale start has definitely won me enough weeks that pitching is not my week. It's not really, like, dragging me down. But when you're doing that, are you doing it based on – oh, okay. Because it's going to – if you just look at the lineup, it's going to incorporate points that you didn't necessarily get, right? Cause yeah, I was just going on the – in the standings page where you can right, see right. Stats. Hitting, pitching right. instead. Yeah. Hitting, I was like fourth or whatever, and pitching, I was like fourth worst. Mm. Um, but it is crazy because Justin is the best when you sort by hitting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's pretty crazy. But he's got those injuries. I mean, we we even went through and we're like, oh, not this guy, not that guy, because of injuries. So. Yeah, I think I think Cruz beats out um, Meadows and Suarez for what's it for what it's worth. Yeah, for that I last agree. slot. Um. All right. So then let's look at uh, at pitching. I don't know how you guys have him ranked. I. I think this one was a decent bit easier um, from top to bottom. I'll just go through mine real fast. For Justin, <laughs> I've got Verlander, Syndergaard, uh, Domingo, John Gray, Maeda, and those two were really the, the hardest ones. You could flip-flop them. Uh, Quantrill, Mats, Vargas, Allard, and Peters. That back end is all pretty much new. One more time? Who is it? Yeah. I have Justin Verlander. Noah Syndergaard. I think those yeah, are clearly right. the top I think two. that's pretty unanimous, probably. I think Domingo Herman is also the number three, pretty clearly, that's on right. this team. I have John Gray over Maeda, because I think his upside is a lot more. I have Maeda. I have Maeda, of course. But, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think they're within, like, five points of each other, so that's totally fair. I have I also, I'm Quantrill next. Yes, I, I do, too. Interesting. I must have missed this part of the pre-show where we're supposed to come up with these lists. I, I, I didn't do any of this you prep. Didn't tell him. So. Yeah, I didn't want to burden you. Um, I, I must have missed this part of the pre-show, so I have no uh, no contribution exactly for this. Well, part, go, so. no, go to Justin's team. Tell me, tell me. What... I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at them. Yes, so who's, I'm, I'm who's Justin's at Justin's top three? You you agree, Verlander? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's all good. Yeah. Who's his fourth, in your opinion? 
Um, I ate a Quantrill or Gray. Yeah, yeah I, I really, I like Gray, so I would probably go Gray. Okay. Um, I mean, FIP-wise, it's Quantrill, Maeda, like and, and Gray. But I think Gray's upside to have, like, a beastly outing is higher than either of those other two guys. Yeah. I, yeah. Though Maeda will really have some, like, some, like, like his last start. He'll just come out of nowhere and, like, really come through. Yeah. I would I would be willing to put Maeda there for rankings sake. But I would Quantrill has just been solid lately. Yeah. I had Quantrill sixth for him. I think that, that four, five, and six is like fair. Yeah. Alright, so that's, that, that's yeah. kinda up in the air. Yeah, it's its own tier. Um and then the I have I got Mats, Vargas, Allard, and Peters. I, I mean, yeah. They could all yeah. have twenty point game, they could all have minus fifteen. It's it's Yeah. And then for you, I've got Sale, even though my heart wants Clev. I love I'm like the biggest Clev stand. But it's Sale, Clevenger, Flaherty, Erod. Yeah. Um I put Aaron Sanchez next. I probably would Whoa. put Aaron Sanchez fourth, to be honest with you. Um just because he's so been, I, yeah. He's been he's got fun. the magic dust. So I think Sale Flaherty Sale Clevenger Flaherty it's is easy. like one, two, three. Yeah, it's easy. Four, five, six, I have Fisak, Erod, Aaron Sanchez. Interesting. I'm not big on Plesak. So solid. Yeah, I saw. I don't know if I completely believe in Aaron Sanchez yet, but I mean, like, he's probably gonna like still be good. But I just don't want to believe it. Like, and I say this, I don't mean this believe because it. I have it, but, <laughs> but I I have it. Sale, Clev, Flaherty, Erod. Then I have Lucchesi or Lucchesi, whoever you say his name. Then Plesak. Then Sanchez. Then McKay and Hernandez. The thing with Plesak is his fifth. He didn't has even been... rank Kyle Gibson. Plesak's oh, FIP has been it. terrible. <laughs> so, like, I, I looked at it briefly, and I figured Plesak was probably getting lucky. Um, but looking at it now, his BABIP against is really... Oh, that's why. Yeah, his BABIP against is really low. So his FIP is a 4.83, but his ERA is a 3.25. So I have Plesak, I think, eighth out of all your guys. But that's how Hunjin Ryu has been all year. Like, yeah. His FIP is two runs above his ERA, like... But his ERA is like a one. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Would you guys put Erod fourth? Is that consensus or is that like not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty high on Erod, and like, I think he's like, like he's had some pretty stinky ones. Like, like, I mean, how's he been doing for the rest of tonight? Uh, I mean, he's limited the damage. It's not not good, but um, like but yeah, he's he's on he's on a bad stretch right now, but. I still think he's dope, and I think he's got a few more dope starts left in him for the year. All right, well, let's do the top ones first. Let's do top three because th- those seem like we unanimously agree. Yeah, so, totally. JV and Sale. I'm going to go Verlander. Yeah, I got to go Verlander. I mean, Sale's just been so disappointing. Yeah, you got to go Verlander. Recently, Sale's been a monster, though. Like, Sure, but disappointing season overall. Yeah, especially I think, after him. yeah for, for him to just, in terms of right now, even though, like, for – for Sale to still be kind of not too far away from having, like, a really crazy, scary start exactly. or two. Like, and Verlander has just been, like, the number one pitcher all year. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have to you have to pick Verlander for sure. He's the number one overall right now. Yeah. Um. All right, so you got Verlander there. Um, Is that the craziest renaissance ever, too? Well, like, he really only had one bad year, and it's when I took him. So, <laughs> so maybe not that. Maybe not. Crazy. I don't know. 
But for a pitcher to have their best years after turning 30, He clearly figured something out. You sent me that video of him showing Granky a grip. Like, I know. I, that's crazy. He definitely knows something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there was a similar video of Clayton Kershaw showing uh, Julio Maria something like two years ago. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and it, it, it was like, like, watch the fuck out. <laughs> All right, for the, the second pitcher, I would go with Clevenger over Syndergaard. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. I don't think it's easy, but I would go with, with Clev. Um, I think Syndergaard's been on a roll lately. He has I kind of I kind of like him. I like I the Mets have somehow been pretty good lately. So. Yeah, I don't think it's easy either, but I would still take Clev. Syndergaard since July thirteenth has been pretty amazing, though. He's been dope, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and Clev, you never know, could have. Uh, what was his problem? Back, back spasm or something? He's just he had a, a torn back slash shoulder muscle. He's just That's too perfect. cool. That's his problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he just. Re- I heard he just repaired his back and shoulder by playing Fortnite and drinking <laughs> Mountain Dew. He has the most experienced pitcher on the Indian staff right now, by the way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Clevenger as well. Okay, um, and then it's. Flaherty versus Domingo Herman, another pretty good matchup. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Flaherty on that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna take Flaherty. So too. Flaherty has been nasty lately, and and Herman has kind of been coasting. He's been very solid, but kind of been coasting off of the Yankees' incredible offense. Like his ERA is what, like a four something? Herman. Yeah, like, Herman's FIP is a four four six. Flaherty's FIP is a three nine one. I think Flaherty yeah, I mean, better. Flaherty seems to be clicking when you when you need him to be clicking. So um, I feel way more confident in him than Herman going forward. And the bigger Herman leads the league, or he did for a long time, and wins, which gives you an extra three points per game, but it's not really reliable. I guess right. the Yankees helps, but it's not sure. you can really count on. Yeah, it's like I'm, at the end of the day, if I'm if I'm thinking of like that factor then it's like nah like I, it's gotta be flary like you know what like you know what i mean like if i'm thinking about the team being good rather than the, the pitcher though he's a very good pitcher clearly so yes um no, I'm, I'm gonna go herman i'm biased but um i still like him better i think you know, they both have good potential for sure but um i just like uh the, what herman does better than flary yeah that's fair i i think it's pretty i don't think it's an easy pick i, I don't think it's that you know far off yeah, same. Um, and now it gets kind of hard and kind of messy. Um, Maeda versus who? Who are we saying is yours? Is it Erod? Is it like all well, these guys do, could be your you fourth? Do, let's say like the middle tier, maybe like Maeda, Gray, and Quantrill versus okay. Erod, Plesac, and Aaron Sanchez or Joey Lacazy. Is that? Mm. Let me look at how I ranked your guys. I ranked you guys four. I have Erod. Five, I have Sanchez. Six, I have Gibson. Seven, I have Lucchese. Eight, <laughs> McKay. Nine, Plesac. And then ten is Elisa Hernandez. I think you just ranked Plesac ninth because you didn't look into him. Maybe. I mean, now, now you saw his fifth, maybe you like him less, but I think you just didn't know much about him. I didn't know much about him, and I saw his fifth, and I was just like, whoa, that's like 1.6. You know, <laughs> whoa, Nelly. Um, Kyle Gibson hasn't been that bad. He's been good. He's serviceable. He's yeah. been fine. Like, he's just. I still have him ninth. He's he's got such a shitty face. I mean, his name is Kyle. <laughs> it is tough to look at. He's got no definition in his entire he's not face. Not really as hot as Aristides. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Gibson kind of looks like a melted Gary Sinise. 
Yeah. Or is that how you say his name? The rest is no. easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess it's Erod, Plesak, uh, and Aaron Sanchez. Yeah. Of that tier, I'm going to go with uh, Justin's. With yeah. Gray, Maeda, and Quantrill over them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's Quantrill solid, and Maeda and Gray both have pretty high ceilings. Out of all of those pitchers individually, I think... I mean, I maybe I should rank Aaron Sanchez fourth for you because I think Sanchez has the highest potential to be an SP2, you know, going yes. forward. Jesus. Out of all of them. I mean, he's, yeah. he's on the Astros. The Astros turned Wade Miley into what, an SP4? <laughs> Wade fucking Miley. <laughs> my, my other regret. Wade Miley's like fifth in the MLB in ERA right now. He's crazy. I wish I'd trusted myself to keep. <laughs> I could. I can't keep Wade Miley and Wade LeBlanc, Wade LeBlanc straight, and yet somehow. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I got to go eat dinner, but I almost made it through a whole podcast. Ugh. Well, it was a good run. Thanks, Frankie. All right. Good luck, everybody. See ya. Finish yeah. strong. Bye, Finish Frankie. Strong. So, Eric, who would you take of those uh, those squads? A lot of, uh, a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting names there for sure. I would probably take Justin's crew. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, the bottom is is I yeah. Justin's pretty, whole bottom is all all new. Yeah, so I think it's pretty hard. easily uh, Mike's out of the bottom. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about your team, Mike, is that like, it's not. It's not bad at all going to the bottom. Outside of Eliezer Hernandez, like none of your pitchers seem like they could blow up, you know? Yes. By the way, Eliezer Hernandez has been good only for me. <laughs> has he I been? Him before he was set back down <laughs> around the trade deadline, and he was tearing it up. Yeah? And then he was terrible. And I picked him up, and he got 25 points. I'm curious to see if it continues. Yes. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> you say nervously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as relievers go, pretty solidly uh, Justin there. Oh, not even close. Yeah. Andrew Oberg and Smith against Hendricks, Law, and Strope, who might or might not all have jobs next week, potentially. <laughs> Liam Hendricks is fine. Yeah, <laughs> Hendricks is good, but the other two are questionable. <laughs> but I did, so I picked up Scott Oberg um, right before Wade Davis lost the job. And Justin texted me as a Rockies fan and said, great pickup, because he must have known. And I was like, oh, this means that I'm a genius. Scott <laughs> Oberg's great. <laughs> then, or Scott Oberg, Wade Davis was like, on oh, DL or some of that. Then Wade Davis comes back, gets the job back. I drop Scott Oberg because I'm like, oh, I guess it ran its course. Immediately, Justin picked him up. I'm like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I fucked up. And two weeks later, Wade Davis lost the job back to Scott Oberg, and he's got a solid closer. That's the advantage of following the Rockies. You know stuff that nobody else (laughs) has any ideas going on. I should have known it was fishy that the Rockies fan was excited about a uh, setup guy. Yeah. (laughs) Although Scott Oberg just looks like he blew a save, or, or, no, no, he just got lit up in a a non-save situation. I'll take that, though. Not today. Not, not today. Not today. Oh. Don't get excited. His but most I, recent appearance, he got lit up. Yeah, the, the one thing I want to say for those folks who are still listening who we haven't talked about their team or they're not in the playoffs is, you know, the consolation bracket's really important too. You're still playing for dollars and you're playing for draft picks, so it's still really important. So keep up and keep in it for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you can't climb back 
unless you take control of your season, and that's exactly what you win by having the uh, the consolation victory. And the other thing I would say is like, don't feel like if you win the consolation bracket or you have an early choice of pick, don't feel compelled to take something that you just think you have to take. Like I talked to Jeff about it, and Jeff, I remember at the Jeff was like, "Oh, I wish I was picking tenth," and I was like, "Jeff, I picked like you know third to last. You, you could have had tenth." And he was like, yeah, I know, but I kind of had to pick – I forget which one he took. You don't. Like, just take whatever fucking pick you want and go with the strategy you want and, you know. Because it was super – it looks like it was super easy to draft towards the back end this year. Like, Yeah. Each year is different. You don't know if it's going to be front heavy or if those mid-first mid round guys are the best. And the way to figure out where you want to draft is to map it out, like – what me and Justin did coming into the year was we didn't do mock drafts because no regular standard mock draft is going to compare to how we draft. So we sat down on Skype with a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet, and we went through the first six rounds of the draft, and we just estimated who everyone would take. And some of our guesses were really far off. Others were pretty spot on. So you kind of have a good idea of who you're going to get. So I think it's time for... If you can't pick yourself, so that's a rule, who do you guys think is going to win it? Oh, that's hard. That's so hard. Well, Lewis, you probably have the hardest job at uh, this game, so we'll give you the last choice. But uh, I would have to go with Lewis. It's a, it's a cop-out. But uh, there was a extremely dominant season to have your, you know, fourth best pitcher be most people's first or second best is like, if we did this exercise with comparing starting pitchers one-to-one, Lewis would, it just wouldn't be fair. Absolutely. So on top of that, uh, you know, on top of that, he has a completely above average to great offense. And, and I just think that we're all just competing for who can, get hot in the week that we play. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Um, truthfully, I am picking between both of you guys because you guys are the two hottest teams. And that's what scares the shit out of me is that, you know, that's who could beat me because I feel like the thing with my team is I have a pretty high floor, like a 350-point floor, right, on a weekly basis. But that doesn't always mean that I can, you know, go to toe. If, like, you just you just scored 400 and. 25 points, I think, and I had yeah. no chance of, of catching you. So, I don't know. Between both of your teams... Well, what's interesting is, as you're choosing is that we're both on the other side of the bracket. So I know, if, it would be until the finals. Yeah. Which is nice. Well, who knows, because the bracket could shift. <laughs> <laughs> it would still be, though. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Man. Would, you, would you choose... Lewis, you were kind of agreeing with me. But. So, yeah, I, I, I would choose Lewis, but I would really be tempted to choose Justin if not for his current injuries. I think that's sort of asthmatic intention for me. Yeah. So almost by default, I have to kind of go with Lewis. I um, agree. Um, I think that Justin's injuries kind of – it's so unfortunate because otherwise I think he would be the easy pick for the, for second. He had such a dominant season. Like, nobody's yeah. really talked about it because he kind of got shafted in terms of matchups, but Justin almost scored as many points as me this season. Um, I guess I'm going to go with Eric uh, just because he has less matchups to get through. Um, you have to yeah. get through Justin first. But, yeah, I think I'm picking between you guys right now because it looks like Justin's team is, is pretty hurt. Um, yep. But, 
But yeah, so, so no love on the other side of the bracket, though. To uh, Frankie and Jeremy, it looks like. Who do you guys think is going to win that matchup? I'm going to take Frankie. I think uh, I think I think he's put together, you know, a good season. Um, I like what he's done, and so I'll I'll go with him. I uh, hope to come to a conclusion by the end of this little speech, but I think it's going to be. I mean, it's a, it's a matchup of two different styles, right? Frankie with the dominant offense that you hope you can get a couple of solid starts out of to push you over the edge versus uh, Jeremy, who you. I mean, Jeremy needs his best pitchers to have great starts. Um, and hopefully for him, he has three start matchups. Um, but I've been in the position of having great offenses and needing a couple good starts and not getting them. So actually, I'm going to go with Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at just like tonight's um, box score, and I think this is the epitome of this matchup, where if you look at Jeremy's team, he doesn't have any pitchers going today. So he, yep. he only has two points right now from his hitters. Yep. You look at Frankie, who's got four home runs on the night, 31 points, and then you scroll down a little more, and Anthony Descafani, yeah, minus five. And I think that's <laughs> going to be the story. I really think a lot of Frankie's pitchers – are going to get lit up, and I think that uh, Jeremy's hitters are probably not going to show too much. I'm going to lean Frankie just based on the fact that I think his hitters are that much better than Jeremy's um, with Devers and Bregman mainly. But it's close. I think this one's going to be really tough. Yeah, I think both matchups are super yeah. close. Yeah, they're actually like really well, well put together. Yeah. Like both are very exciting storylines. You have two opposite teams, and then you have two very similar teams, I think, yeah. with you and Justin. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, wow. So much covered in, uh, I think, we're around the two-hour mark now. Yeah. Oh, nobody's listening anymore. It's been good, though. Honestly, they might be. We've, we've deprived them of podcast content for so long that <laughs> you got a long commute. Maybe you listen to half on the way to work. You listen to the other half on the way home. I want to thank you guys for uh, finally inviting me. And, yeah, man. Uh, happy to happy to be here. And you know, maybe as we get towards the end of the season, because maybe I just write a a, a post about it in uh, whatever that the WordPress we haven't used in a while, um, just about like who best value picks and all that kind of stuff. Just kind of wrapping up because I think there's still some stuff to be decided as far as looking at the season as a whole. So interested to see how it turns out. Definitely. And I'm going to make sure to to do. I I haven't really. I don't think I've done any articles. This year, I've focused mainly on podcasts, but I'm going to make sure to, even if we do a podcast, I'm going to do an article style um, post where we go through. Because those used to be my favorite ones to write, to just go through and just recap everyone's team because everyone yeah. likes to read those. Yes, very entertaining. But yeah, of course, man. Thank you both for coming on. I think this was a really good uh, discussion. Anything else you guys want to add or you think we covered everything? just want to say that the... Uh the, the best 9-9 nine and nine team made the playoffs. I just think that's, that's uh, pretty evident. That's all I have to say. And uh, good luck to Justin. All right, man. Well, this... I wonder who's going to win the uh, Wells Cup this year. I don't know who it's going to be. The Wells Cup. I love that name. <laughs> For once, you've made a good name. Oh, my God. What happened? 
it only takes two hours, and you come up with some. I come up with something pretty good. The Wells Cup. Oh man, we got to do something for that. That's amazing. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thanks for listening. If any of you are still listening, good job. Um, Good luck to everyone, whether you're in the playoffs or not. Consolation bracket, still important, like we said. And here's to hoping that next year you guys put together a a better team and you can join us in the VIP suite with all these hot-ass strippers. So take care, guys. Too late. She said I got no time